Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. There's gotta be parallels between being a teacher and a comedian. It's the same thing. You're nine to five, you're dealing with kids who are acting like drunk adults, and then you're <laughs> you're five to nine, you're dealing with drunk adults who act like kids. It's the same thing. Oh, I, first of all, I do pride myself on my crowd work, I really do. My crowd work is what it is because I was an elementary school teacher. That's all it is. You, you like, they serve you something, you gotta dish it back. And it just, it just translates to stage. It's great. It's great. Hot breath. What's goody, Hot breath verse? Welcome back to Hot Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers, and we have done over 400 interviews with comedians on this show. So subscribe to our YouTube channel and wherever your favorite podcasting app is, because we're dope. And our guest today is dope. His comedy career started in third grade, stealing jokes from a magician. But the comedy grind really started while in college, where he then took it to Detroit, where he was part-time comedian, part-time teacher, part-time spin instructor, all while doing glamorous shows like Rundown Houses in the very glamorous Detroit. But after posting a prank of his students online, getting 20 million views overnight, he ends up on Ellen, and now he is here on Hot Breath. So please welcome to the show the one and only Joe Dombrowski. We love a host who does his homework. Let's go. Look at that. Let's go. Hit the nail on the head. <laughs> also, as a listener of Hot Breath, it is kind of crazy hearing you say what's goody in person. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little wild. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm, for sure. I, I appreciate your kind words about the show. For I didn't sure, even realize great. you were a listener. I am a listener. Well, also, I'm a big reader, too. Mm -hmm. So I'm currently reading... Yes, I can say that by Judy Gold. And I'm also, oh, did you read it? I haven't, but I'm familiar great. with Judy. Yeah, Super great. Uh -huh. And then also um, the new comedy Bible by Judy Carter. Have you mm -hmm. read that one? I haven't, no. I always, God, I'm such a teacher. I cannot <laughs> let this side of me go. I just feel like you can't, you can always be really good at what you do, but you can always get better. So I'm constantly mm -hmm. like reading, rereading, soaking up comedy stuff. And I listen to Hot Breath all the time. Wow, oh, that's so, oh, I'm honored. I love Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. I love it. Even love 12 it. years into comedy, you're still a student like me, so I love that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, like. Let me make sure this is on, too. I'll okay, always have good. goals, you know? Yeah. So. What are your goals now? I'm about to shoot a, my first special. Uh-huh. So that's some a goal that I've had for a very long time. That, that's about to happen, so that's cool. I still have, I, I won't say smaller, but I have these goals that are kind of like the comedian notches that might not mean anything, but we all sort of want still. Like I, my one of my bigger goals for 2023 is I want to do a late night set. Like mm. I just want it. Like is it going to move the needle? Probably not, but I want it. Like I just want to feel it and yeah. know that I did that as a comic. Um, and then like pitching around a few shows that I wrote, but you got no. a pilot about your life. Uh, no, around? no, I actually am going a different route. Like I know not the teacher. No, I at one time you did, right? At one time I did. Okay. And I still do have that in my back pocket. Uh -huh. Right. But I, um, am working with an unscripted concept that I put together loosely so no one steals it right and you don't have to you don't have to say whatever you don't want because people 
are well people are savages so i um yeah it's loosely i will say following the lives of teachers outside of teaching oh cool unscripted lots of humor that naturally just brings itself up but that like getting that sold is another big big goal for me i don't know if that one will be in 2023 the big one for 23 shooting the special getting the special hopefully sold and out there Mm -hmm. best worst case scenario goes on youtube which in this day and age as a comic is a great place to do it for sure and Mm then um yeah hopefully landing late night and then we'll go from there we'll see what happens yeah i do i am curious of like almost what's next it seems like a lot of people are doing youtube specials so my brain is already like well i wonder what's gonna be the next iteration is it like kind of what schultz and now dan cook has done of selling it themselves and then recouping the expenses that way or like or is YouTube like it's still the way and it's still the way to get a bunch of exposure and it's all, you know, at an expense, but you sell tickets, which you can then recoup as well. Right. I think honestly, I think the model is going to be very Chris Stefano mm. with like shorter YouTube specials more. Yeah. We're going to see much more half hours and less hours. And then the other half, like you still shot it and you can do whatever you want with it. So like he put his out, this, the rest of it was on YouTube or personally sold or I don't remember exactly what he did, but I kind of feel like the industry is going to stop with this long form content being the big names and the big money because like, let's be real. Who's, who's sitting down for an hour? And the, <laughs> right? Don't exactly. you, like, like we are because yeah. we're comedy psychos, but like <laughs> who is, I put three minute videos out and I watch the drop off stop like less than halfway. Right. It's like, (laughs) okay. So what's really happening here? I don't know. So so I am still actually still toying around. I'm going to film my hour, but I don't know if I'm going to release the hour. Yeah. I I might do it like 30 minutes instead. I don't know. Yeah. When I, when I did mine, like I self-produced one and I sell it on my website and like I shot a bunch of behind the scenes footage. Like the idea was a, for it to be a documentary, yeah, and then you get into post, and you're like, "Oh, this is this is another year of editing." To did like you do post the- yourself? Um, I did it with the guy that okay, directed cool, it. Cool, but cool. I, I do know how to edit, so we were like going like back and forth on yeah, it. Yeah, nice, nice, but nice, it's, nice. It's yeah, it's a whole other. I, I have there's the projects live or die in post, really. Oh god, like- <laughs> I know. I'm so scared. Well, but my whole thing too is I'm taking baby steps. Like right now, I have all the jokes that I want. I figured out which ones I want to take out. I know what jokes I'm going to film. Mm-hmm. So now I'm tweaking a little bit, tightening, refining, just microscopic things like a word here or there. Of course, and then it will be ready. After I shoot it, I will decide, like. What, what, how are we going to do this? What to you do know? with yeah. it. But mm-hmm. is, is this one, are you are you putting up the expenses up front? I am. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm self-financing, and then we're going to try and sell it. And mm-hmm. if no one buys it, then I'll put it out myself. So we'll see. But the internet's the wave now. It, I it mean, is. that's how that's how everyone, is, what's so cool about it is, like, you can build a specific audience mm-hmm. and then just live on that audience there's no like oh i want all of america it's like well, what's unique about me who else can relate to that and then you can build an audience around it yeah and i definitely did so this special too as you mentioned i was a elementary teacher for a long time and this special is going to be all of my teaching material yeah so it's it's thematically about and it's not a teacher show it's not a show for teachers it's 
a show about one teacher and his crazy life doing that. Mm-hmm. So it is specific and niche in the fact that a lot of it has to do with teaching a teacher. But I did change my jokes to be very general so that everybody has a seat. So you like everybody's going to understand what I'm talking about, you know, mm-hmm. just to really like maximize on that. Because my biggest fear is that people won't buy it because they're like, hey, it's too specific. Yeah. And but it's funny. I think which is it's it's tough when people blow up on social media. Sometimes it's so early in their career that mm-hmm. they don't have the performance to back up this audience that they've built. And right. the worst thing about people blowing up on social media is people go see them live and then they're like, oh, I got my photo, but they weren't really funny. So I won't be back type deal. Right. You've been doing it 12 years. So you're 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 ready for this. Right. And I will say that. That was my so when I blew up, I had been in the game for like seven years, so I had some chops to back it up. But like seven years, like do you remember being seven years in? Like, (laughs) like I watched my dude. I thought I was the shit. I thought it all figured out. (laughs) I thought I was the shit. I watched my sets back, and I'm like, you piece of shit. That had no punchline. Get out. Get off. I hate it. I've like taken stuff down from back then because I'm like, don't let anybody see this. It It was growing, but whatever. Like it was my it was my launch. Mm -hmm. However, being at where I'm at now, I do really feel like I'm ready for for that. I'm ready to like truly put it out there. I did what I did, and 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 it's great. So, what does that feel like? You're you're like a grinding comedian. You're a teacher. You post this skit. Overnight, it's mm-hmm. twenty million views. Yeah, you, you like wake up and you're life a has different changed. Person. One literally, forever. not, not an exaggeration. <laughs> Woke up, and that was the first day I was recognized in the streets. Like, it was game over. You're, and I remember saying to myself, "Your life has changed for the rest of your life." The end. Yeah. The end. And were you in bed? Like, did you roll over and pull up your phone and look, or did no. you what? So I, the day that I posted the video. I really didn't think anything of it, which kind of shows you that, like, content, like, yeah, put your best foot forward, but, like, shit can do great. Mm -hmm. I posted this video with terrible lighting. I threw it on the internet at the worst time. It was, like, 9 o'clock in the morning, something like that. I shot it on my phone with no extra camera equipment, didn't edit it, didn't caption it, and just pressed post. That's it. And it went nuts. So I post it in the morning. I work the rest of the day. I'm not really paying attention to it. And then I had dinner plans with a friend of mine. And we were out at dinner, had a normal dinner. And I left. And another friend of mine was calling me from Tennessee who I hadn't seen in like seven years. Right. And I'm like, this is weird. I should answer this. She's like, you're on the news (laughs) in Tennessee. I'm in Michigan. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, your video is on my TV right now. I'm like, this is nuts. So then I go to the video and I'm like watching it. I had my phone down and I'm just like, it's not stop. Like my phone's not shutting. The screen is staying bright. Like I'm losing battery because it's just notifications and notifications. People texting me, people calling me. And then we both went back to my house, had a drink and just put my phone on my coffee table, had a drink, and we're just watching it like, holy shit. And we were going back and forth, and we're like, so what is what? We're like, what is viral? Like, what are we going to, what, okay, we'll say 10,000 maybe. Hit 10,000 right there in that conversation. We're like, okay, okay, 50, maybe 50. Hit it. 
And she's like, if you wake up and there's a hundred thousand or more, we'll call that viral. Woke up with 20, 20, 20 million. 20 million. I walk into school the next day. Everybody knows about it. Nobody even had to say or talk. Like, wild. 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 The parents, oh my God. Like, I'm I'm taking the kids out at the end of the day. They all are looking at me like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, it was a thing, dude. It was a thing. My kids, my students, were getting phone calls from radio stations to do interviews about me. That's how nutty it was. That's a little creepy. A little creepy. Yeah, for sure. But also, like, it was because... <laughs> I was in so high demand they can't get all of me. So they're like, who else can we get to talk about him? The kids. Boom. Yep. And then how soon after that did Ellen happen? Uh, about oh okay, so let's see. About a week. Mm-hmm. So I posted the video and at the end of that week I went on a family reunion vacation in Orlando. And there were a lot of kids on this um trip with us like cousins kids and things and we were at um epcot and we all went on the finding nemo ride which is voiced by dory which is voiced by ellen DeGeneres. and we're going in the ride and the whole weekend people are like i wonder if ellen's gonna call you i wonder if oprah is gonna call you i wonder if dr phil and i was like yeah yeah i don't know so we get on the ride and i'm like wouldn't that be so crazy if ellen like actually did call And we got off and I had a missed call from Los Angeles and it was the show. And then did my first interview on the streets of Epcot, went back to the hotel, had to do a Zoom. Then they wanted to do one final Zoom. And I had to coordinate with Disney World to like give me a, a, a quiet space to do it. And I was in like a woman's like breastfeeding like <laughs> like area. And I did the Zoom in there. <laughs> didn't hear from them for like a week. Uh-huh. I was like, I didn't get it. Whatever. They called me when I got home from work one day. Just got done teaching. And they're like, okay, we are going to book your flight. You're going to shoot the show tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. So I go and I do the show. And um, it was surreal, right? Like, all these people know who you are. Everybody's like, oh, my God, so funny, blah, blah, blah. Now, the thing about the show, they very much made it clear to me, we are painting a picture of you. Wholesome, fourth grade teacher, accident, went viral, let's talk about it. Right? Mm. And I was like, Mm. for sure, I don't even (laughs) care. Like, let's just do, like, let's see what happens. Let's go. They're like, we know you're a comic. Straight up said to me, this isn't your last comic standing audition. (laughs) So don't try and be funny. Just be yourself. And I was like, that's what got me here. Yeah. yeah. Hello. So I go and I do it. And um, they they also said to me, they go, hey, yo, if Ellen, you know, in commercial breaks or whatever, gets up and fixes her hair or grabs coffee or has to touch up her makeup. Don't be offended that she's not like staying there to chat. Like this is her job. She's got a lot to do. I was like, whatever, no big deal. We filmed the first bit. Also, you don't meet her until that 
moment until you walk out mm-hmm. i thought she was gonna like come in the dressing room and be like hey great to meet you so excited to do the show see you out there no like that's like we've learned since then backstage you can be a little cold <laughs> well so you think right uh-huh. not my experience oh. so i get on stage we film and the first take is the longest and she um said okay we're gonna cut to a commercial break and i'm preparing for her to leave she cuts to commercial she turns to me she goes hey i heard you're a comic and i was like yeah and she goes well you're really funny and i was like oh thanks you know thank you and she goes i don't think you're hearing me she goes i think you're really funny you need to do something with that and i was like uh uh and then boom we're filming again i couldn't even wrap my head around it but i've never forgotten that Mm -hmm. and that's what like pushed me to like take it to the next level so when i got home i was like okay People know who I am now. Let's go for it. So I start cold calling clubs to see if they'll let me headline outside of Michigan. And some clubs did. Some clubs didn't. Built a small little tour for myself. And then uh, it just took off. Then I did L.A. My managers and agents came to the show. Liked what I did. Signed me. Career. 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 (laughs) Done. Like now you can do what you've always wanted to do. And what's funny is you had a superintendent that told you not to do the show, right? 100% told me not to do the show before Ellen even called. He's like, you're not to do the Ellen DeGeneres show or any other media that calls. Because a lot of sources were making the mistake of calling the school first. I'm like, oh, baby, this ain't about them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This ain't about them. Uh Uh, But Ellen, when they called me, they called me directly. And I was like, yes, I'm doing this. I do not care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. What do you think I'm going to say no? <laughs> because you're superintendent? Are you yeah. kidding me? Or you think I'm going to say no? Get your, out of here. Your principal was supportive, right? Yeah. Oh, well, you had a principal who in Detroit that supported comedy. your grind. Your comedy grind. Okay. So at this point, different I had worked principal. in two different elementary schools, uh, two completely different districts. Okay. And my first principal um, started doing comedy. It started to... I build a little bit of a local name for myself. The parents started coming to my shows. That scared the hell out of me. Then the staff started coming to my shows. And then my principal came to one of my shows one time. I was like so nervous. And then she came into my um, classroom the Monday after the show that she saw. And she shut the door behind her. And I thought I was going to get a scolding. And she's like, no, you are very funny. I love what you do. And you need to push forward with that. Wow. And go for it. And I was like, are you kidding me? So then if I, she would turn an eye anytime I had to take like a, or like leave half day on Friday to get to a gig or, or take a Monday off because I was doing a Sunday show. Wow. Like what, she would just go for it. And she was like, whatever, we'll make, we'll make it work. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. The principal of the school that I worked at when the video went viral, he was like, he came, he comes in my office, all, my office, my office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes in my classroom and he was all like, well, just so you know, you shot that video in here. So that's property of the district. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, 20 million. Yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. good. 20 million that's, views. That's yeah, mine, bro. Time to capitalize. <laughs> you don't pay me enough to care about whatever you're saying. So how about that? No. No, no, no. I very much do my own thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That And that's my mom uh, is a teacher. Stop it. Yes, yes. She's a teacher. And uh, so I understand 
like the life of a teacher versus in the classroom and outside the classroom mm -hmm. and balancing that and everything. And I actually talked to her on the way here because mm -hmm. I was like, I wonder if she has a question for you. Does she? And her, her question was who she she's always curious about who the teacher is that like is like the spark for successful people. You know, is there a teacher for you that was like, oh, this is the person that really gave me that nudge to like become my like best self. Oh, for sure. And I think that the biggest misconception with me is that I that I don't like teaching, that I'm just making fun of it. Loved it wonderful career and the i loved working with the kids i hated the parents politics paperwork and poop but mm -hmm. everything else like was it's a great job and yes i don't think i would have gone into teaching if i didn't have my third grade teacher so i went to a private catholic school kindergarten first and second grade um and then a brand new public school was literally built in our backyard and i was the first class to attend that school and my my third grade teacher, Miss Renee Badalamente, was so, she was like, I don't even know how old she was at the time, but she was like a younger teacher. She was full of life. She brought 100% herself into the classroom. She was a vegetarian. She was super into like Cheryl Crow in the <laughs> 90s. You know, she and she wore like bell bottoms and like cool cool stuff she was just being who she is and my mom said that when i entered third grade on that first day of school she says that it's like the wizard of oz where it's all black and white and then like all of a sudden the movie's in color she's like when you went to that first day of school you came back and your world was in color she let me learn in the style of creativity like if I didn't, if I, if instead of giving a retelling of a book, if I wanted to act it out, she let me act it out in front of the whole class. Wow. Like she let me be a goofball and it express that she, she challenged me to do the talent show. And in third grade, I did my first stand up set as a stand up comic for the third grade talent show. And she was like, go for it, boy. And then I did. And like that kind of set that spark too. And just, I always kept that in my back pocket when I was a teacher too. Like my little weirdos were always my favorites. And I was like, do your thing, little weirdo. I don't care what it is. Like be your authentic, cool ass self. And uh, yeah, she inspired the hell out of me to, to just be who I am. Yeah. And teachers need, I don't, I have some, I went to school with some teachers that are t people that are teachers now. And I'm like, oh, that explains our education system. Oh, yeah. With some of these people that are now teachers. But it's like, it's tough what the pay is and the pressure and the responsibility for what the pay is. It's yeah. like, I don't, I mean, and you were innovative. Like you taught with like YouTube and you were thinking of different ways to really get through to this like younger generation that's growing up in the matrix essentially. Yeah. yeah. But like what, what, what? What, what can we do? Are we doomed? Yeah. What's the solution? Oh, we're 100% yeah. doomed. 100% doomed. We're 100% doomed. Do you want to know why? We're, so, we're totally... We're so doomed. It, it's not unrecoverable, though. Okay. But if you think about it... Oh, God, here we go. In this country, we reward people... Um, for going into these businesses that make more money, right? And if you if you work for one of those types of jobs, you will make more money 
for yourself by making more money for this company and this business. And that's not the case for teaching, which is insane to me because those companies are selling a product, right? So the more product you make, the more money the people who work for that product make. As teachers, the product is kids and kids are humans, mm -hmm. but yet the people who are taking care of those humans are making literal peasant scraps to the point where they have to work second or third jobs just to live and provide and, and to get through life. They have all this extra stress on their back and you expect them to go in as their absolute best self and provide for these kids uninhibitedly every single day. Uh, no, that's not the case. We need programs in this country to reward teachers for choosing that job. And maybe it's not um, paying them more because that's coming from taxes. It's probably going to be really hard to to find those fundings, right? But why aren't teachers getting cutbacks? Well, why do teachers have insane student loans? Why don't teachers – why do teachers still have to pay $500, $600 a year just to get their certificate renewed Wow! to be able to teach? Give them, give them that piece of paper so they can spend the money and maybe make a car payment or something like to make their lives easier. And then on top of that, no shade. But we have this program called Teach for America in okay. this country, which is great in theory. Uh-huh. But we're taking undergraduate college students and without even any education background at all most of them don't even major in education we're putting them in the worst schools in america why they should be in the areas where there's very little issues and the teachers who are teaching in these worst schools should have experience and should be compensated for gaining that experience so they can focus on these kids because they now know what they need, you know? Mm -hmm. Just the system's broken and corrupt, but I don't think it's beyond repair. I think the country just needs to get creative. I'm a comic with a message, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. I do like to say that I use my comedy. Like, my comedy is just a vessel for change, right? Like, I want you to laugh yeah. at my show, and then I want you to leave and question while you're laughing. And why you're laughing is because of how insane it is to be a modern American teacher. Yeah, there's got to be parallels between being a teacher and a comedian. If Are you serious? It's the same thing. Uh-huh. You're 9 to 5. You're dealing with... Um, kids who are acting like drunk adults and then you're you're five to nine you're dealing with drunk adults who act like kids it's the same thing oh i first of all i do pride myself on my crowd work i really do my crowd work is what it is because i was an elementary school teacher that's all it is you, you like they serve you something you gotta dish it back and it just it just translates to stage it's great it's great yeah i guess that is what i've learned is i've i'm 34 now and I'm, I knew we were around the same age. Yeah, you know, white don't crack. I you knew. Know? <laughs> <Yeah>. and, um, <laughs> Especially in Atlanta, right? Uh-huh. We out you. And, um, yeah, I'm, I, in Atlanta, I'm white boy Joel. Like, I came up in all the hood rooms. Like, those are the only shows I, I could love, book back in I the also, day. I just want everyone to know today that um, I asked Joel if he wanted me to pick him up a coffee. I'm, I'm breaking the wall. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. And he said no. And I said, are you Mormon? Because <laughs> Joel just has the sweetest little Mormon face. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it. Well, it was 4 p.m. 
Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I'm me not drinking coffee at four means Pacific I'd like time. to sleep. Pacific oh, time. right. And you flew in today to. I did. Uh, you flew in a day early to do this. I just want, and I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to miss the gigs, baby. Not trying to miss. White boy Joel, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, that's it's awesome. true. Similar, similar, uh, like upcoming Detroit, very, Detroit, yeah. very, um, very urban. Which is a weird term, but yeah, yeah it's like uh, Detroit's a black city. Atlanta's a predominantly black city, and coming up in comedy, like you gotta be able to um, work all t- different types of crowds. And you, the way to do that is not be scared. Just because yeah. people can laugh at everything, it doesn't yeah. matter who the audience is. Just be who you are and, and do your thing, and someone's gonna connect to it. Yeah, that's what I've learned is like authenticity will bridge all gaps, like mm-hmm. regardless of background or what their experience is, where you're coming from. Like if you're being real, then you can really entertain anyone. Yeah, and as long as it's funny. Fu- well, yes, funny. It's gotta be funny. Yeah, don't be a bigot. Don't. Uh, yes, yeah, gotta be funny. Don't think if you say it cool that it's you know that it's funny. Yeah, it, there's gotta be punchlines, kids. 100%. You gotta remember it's comedy. Do you know how many people like just get out there and don't punch, post punchlines? I'm gonna show you a clip after this. I'm because I'm not. I'm not gonna publicly talk shit. We're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There'll be Patreon. Yeah. Someone posted this clip like a bigger comic recently, and I was baffled baffled they were also using this clip to promote their shows that are coming up and i was like okay first of all there's no punchline and second of all this joke is just wrong it's just like it's just mean wow and if there's if there was a punchline that joke was salvageable but it was just a mean-spirited joke and was like posted it with full confidence like and at the end, it was like, here's where I'm at next. Come to my show. So I was like, <laughs> the audacity. <laughs> the audacity. It was wild. It was truly wild. That, and that just reminded me. I forgot your hot breath water. Hold on. Oh. There you go. Oh, my gosh. You thank go. you. Thank I, you. I forgot. Oh, I'm keeping it. Yeah, that's for you. I'm keeping this. Thanks. The, the coolest water for the hottest podcast. Thanks, there we Joel. go. Thank you. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You're welcome. Yeah, this and this is a uh, Fontis water. They're mountain spring water in uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains of Georgia. So this is real. This is good water. This isn't that Dasani poison. It's, all right. <laughs> There's one ingredient and it's spring water. Dasani has like four ingredients and none of it's water. That's weird. Yes. Well, I learned something new today that there's mountains in Georgia. Yes. yes. Never claim to be good at we geography. Out okay, cool. So we're still we're still are you still good on you just gonna do a little bit more here? Oh, you tell me when. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm cool. good. So let let's get into you being like a comedian now, and this is your full time job. Mm-hmm. Like, I think something I get asked a lot is like taking that leap, like that moment to where it's like, okay, I'm willing to take the risk and make this completely unstable job my career. It was was the moment the 20 million views was the moment no, oh God, I, no. let me make this amount of money in comedy first like okay how well, did you decide first of all how long were you and your wife together before you just went full-time comedy she I went full-time hmm I was full-time before she moved down here oh she moved down here for you. So we went to, we went to school together uh-huh. in Tennessee okay and then we were like friends. And then we like kept in touch after we graduated and we visited and then we we're like, oh, we should like do this thing, do this. Yeah. So then she moved down here 
And I was full time when she moved down Already. here. Okay. So, but I was probably eight years in, I think. Oh, I okay. Full-time. So I don't think that you had this experience. So my partner, Morgan, first of all, you got to get you a partner who like sees the vision and is yes. like down to ride hundred percent. Yeah, Like if your person is, I'm so sorry. If your person's holding you back from this, you, you have to choose. Yep. And if it's not yep. comedy, Hey, that was your choice. But like, if your person doesn't believe in what you're doing, it's not going to, I don't think it will work. I agree. Cause you'll hold yourself back from opportunities and you'll say no to things. And Morgan is a, a math analytics, just very solid man financially and both like in his career in his career path, which I'll tell you what it is later. I don't like to say it publicly is, is linear. Like you work and then you do this thing and then you work and then you get this thing. And that's how his job is. Right. So when we were, when we started dating, yes, I was a comic. He was coming to shows, but we weren't really sure if this was ever going to be like a full-time thing as much as it was just going to be like something that had some side income for me. Mm-hmm. Although we knew that it was something that I would want and would take, we weren't just sure if it was going to really take off. Um, and when it did, we really had to talk about like, what does this look like? Mm. What are what are the goals here? And when do we know it's not working? Like what what's the sign that it's not working? And we just really like blew through these caps and we're like, okay, well, comedy now makes this much and I make this much as a teacher. And then once I started to make, when, when comedy was making more money than teaching, it was a good sign. When comedy was sustainably making more money than teaching, it was a great sign. And when comedy doubled and then tripled what I was making as a teacher, it was like, okay, you have enough money to support for at least a year. Let's see what happens in that year. And then I left and it was, we both saw the benefits, which was when I did leave, the kicker was I had a, um, I think there's a red thing on your screen. That means it's recording. Oh, good. Great. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, Thanks for looking though. That's ADHD. No, you're is. great. I, I have <laughs> to look, every, I, I'll get roasted in the YouTube comments because they're like, stop looking in the camera. And I was like, I'm literally making sure it's still on. <laughs> yeah, like, we, it's <laughs> not about you comments. <laughs> I'm I'm a one man band here. <laughs> like, sorry for pr- putting this up for free. Sorry. I had yeah. a uh I was a good teacher, Joel. Like I was a really good teacher. Like I really cared. And my last year was really tough. I had a tough group of kids with a lot of baggage, and I was also trying to balance teaching and uh growing my comedy career. And in teaching, you have to go through evaluations every single year. And like everything you do, you should strive for the best, right? The highest evaluation ranking in teaching is called highly effective. And I, at the end of the year, did not get highly effective. I got one notch below that, which is still really good. But I was, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist sometimes that kind of like bothered me. So I had a meeting with my boss and she was like, yo, I'm going to be straight up with you. Do I think you're a great teacher? She's like, I think you're good. I think you're good. Do I think you're a great comic? She goes, well, I haven't seen your act, but I would assume that you're pretty good. And she goes, I think you have the potential to be great at one of these things if you leave one of these things. Mm. And one of these things 
you have a degree for and you can always come back to. And one of these things, I need, think you need to strike the nail while it's hot. And that's right now. And I think you know what you need to do. And I was like, yeah, this is the time. This is the time. And I was pissed a little bit at first because I was like, is she telling me to quit? Like, like, does she not believe in what I'm doing? And then I was like, what a gift for a, for a boss to not bash your dreams, but to tell you you're splitting time between two things and you can only get great at one when you give it all you've got. And I was like, holy shit. And I needed to hear that. And I went back and I told Morgan and he was like, let's do it. Let's ride, doggy. Let's wow. do it. And we did. And we did. And it was the best decision I ever made. But it took a lot of thought. It wasn't just on faith. It was like, all right, well, let's look through this. I'm making this amount of money. What do I need to make? And then for how long? Like you, I think a lot of times people see whatever their like passion is. Oh, it's a leap of faith. But like really making sure it's well thought out will make that leap of faith sustainable. 100%, which is why when the video blew up, I finished that school year and taught two full school years after that because I, number one, needed steady, reliable income, and that was my career. Mm -hmm. Number two, I knew that I was riding this teacher thing and I was building this teacher audience and I wanted to remain relevant as long as I could, and that was it. And then what she said, mixed with the fact that I was realizing that I wasn't giving the kids my all, nailed it home. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is the time and this is what I got to do and, and let's do it. And it's scary as hell. But every comic, you do it. Like you, you, there's a point yes. that you do it and it's so scary, but you figure it out and you work on your craft and you get better and you just go, 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 go. Yeah, for me it was like I saved up a nest egg, mm -hmm. um, Enterprise Rent-A-Car. <laughs> oh, come on. The only good thing they did. Come on, Washing Joel. cars in a tie, baby. There we go. That was, that was a rough job. The elite, though, of car rentals, you know, one might say. We were the elite. Well, we'll, well I don't want to perjure myself. You know, <laughs> They may book me for a corporate gig sometime. Yeah, and I'll take a sponsorship. Like, <laughs> yeah. I still drive I would actually sometimes. love a sponsorship as well if you guys. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, I should tap into that. I love Enterprise. It was great. But uh, we worked, love green. worked that for a while and then like I saved up a nest egg and then like made like a pro con list of like, well, what's the worst that could happen? Mm -hmm. What's the best that could happen? Like just quitting my job and I was willing to live with the worst and it just kind of it worked out. But it's like when you when county becomes your job, you've it's it needs to be a well thought out decision because it can really suck the fun out of it oh. when it becomes like oh i don't get to do this gig it's like oh i have to do this gig or i have to find this gig it, it like what was a fun hobby is now like your livelihood and it, it changes the relationship with comedy that year that i quit too i said no to literally nothing like people would even be like we will pay you 100 dollars for 45 minutes and a little after thing too and i'm like sure like i don't know what money's not gonna come in so how could i say no to something mm -hmm. and would just just rack up the coins as much as i could yeah, and like you said, having a supportive teammate to really be there oh, for God. you. Literally, he's the best. You can't. You can't. You can't. Yeah, you really can't. You I mean, can't. even you, like we were talking before this of like pandemic, we're unemployed overnight. You had just come back from like a Canadian and Australian tour. Like, yeah. you're, you're global. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm unemployed. <laughs> did Australia, did Canada. I'm in Edmonton, Alberta doing, it was four 
blowout sellouts, right? And I'm watching every single show, less audience, less audience. I'm like, I sold all four of these shows out. And then by my last show, 25% of the house had people in it. And we were like, okay, shit. (laughs) Things are getting real. Flew home when I landed, they closed the border. Literally, I wasn't even home yet. I, my flight landed and they closed the border. That's I was almost stranded in Canada. And when I got home, my managers called me and they're like, every single show on your tour has been canceled. And it was like 20-something cities, gone. Wow. Like all that income gone. I had nothing. And I surprisingly didn't panic. I just got creative. And the one thing that I did is I create, I, I was like, let's flex the muscle a little bit. I'm not a character actor. I'm not a character comic. I created a character. Her name was Trish. She's a white trash addict <laughs> who her job is to shuck pearls on Facebook Live. Have you ever seen people do that in I real life? Never. People shuck pearls on Facebook Live and then you can like buy them. And like for people do that for real. And I was like, well, let's do this as comedy. But I turned it into trivia. So I was playing trivia with my fans as this character. And if you got the answer right, I'd shuck you a pearl, which is now not only catering to my fans, but people are coming to this pearl shucking thing thinking that it's real. <laughs> and I've still made people who are fans from that wow. who come to shows and be like, I found you because of Trish. Her name was Trish. <laughs> And it was all about just like getting creative because I think especially in comedy, if you let people tell you what it is and what it is not, you lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to follow your instincts. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've interviewed several social media people on here and just saying that have built the following on social media and be able to monetize it. I know there can be like you can make a good living just from home and creating videos. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people are making. Well, have you heard of Country Wayne before? I have, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen him live. Yeah, he recently was talking about making, I mean, six figures a month from just social media. Uh Did you say shoot you? Shoot me, yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Okay, honestly, here's my thing is like, I know I could do that if I wanted to, but like, I thrive in the realm of live performance. I don't know. It's like, I was thinking about that the other day, and I was like, if I doubled down on my internet shit, I wouldn't have to go out. And I'm like, but I love, like, I don't know. Like the roar of a crowd is my black tar heroin, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like it. Yeah. But uh, a nice juicy bank account isn't also terrible. Is it ter- but the live shows can do that as well. Yeah, they can. So it's just one one can feed the other, you know, and the one can be your day job, the social media. Yeah. Yeah. I plan on quadrupling on my social media stuff when we have kids. Okay. So I can really focus on like being home, but still making a lot of money in comedy. Yeah. But like, not right now. I'm just doing what I love. So you're that thought out that like at this moment in my career, I want to be focusing on this. And then the next chapter, I'm going to be doing like another thing. Like, are you that planned kinda, out? Kind of. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I know, I know once we have kids, I probably won't tour for at least six months and I'll double down on my podcasting, my videos, my online content continue to generate revenue from views and also from sponsorships. But then um, while I'm in that phase of life, I'll be writing all new material about having kids Mm -hmm. and then take it out on the road. 
wow, I'm psychotic. I'm such a teacher. Oh my God, I hate myself. <laughs> no, no, words of affirmation, positivity. Oh my God. I literally, okay, here's another funny story. My, um, my team, we're like building my 2023 touring schedule and they're like, okay, let us know when you want to work, when you don't, and what cities you want to do. I sent them a color-coded spreadsheet. That's amazing. I know, because I was just like, I need you to know and like, I need you to like not fuck it up. So <laughs> dates that I want you to book me are in blue. Don't book me on dates that are red. And here's the cities that I haven't played. Here are the cities that historically do well for me. Let's make it happen. Oh, you did their job for them, essentially. A little bit. <laughs> oh. Wow. But as, I, <laughs> as much as I pride myself on being type B, a little type A just creeps up in my butthole every now and then. Well, I talked to Ben Brainerd on here, and he did the same thing. He he popped during the pandemic on social media doing, like, state skits yeah, about yeah, states. Yeah. I know Ben is, yeah. Yeah, so he, he built a huge following doing that, and he was talking about his tour and how he built it out and then just basically handed it to his manager and, like, here's your job, yeah, basically. Yeah, make <laughs> like, it happen. Yeah, exactly. It is crazy. Going back a little bit, you talked about how building an audience mm-hmm. and how, like, if you're not good, they won't co- they'll get the picture and not come back. And that was my biggest fear when I took my comedy out of Detroit is how are people going to respond to this? I've never done this before. And the biggest affirmation for me is the fact that I did a show in Boston at a bar. Then I did a weekend at Laughs Boston, blew it out. And in two weeks, I'm doing two sold-out shows at the Wilbur. Like, oh, they're coming back, right? Gosh. But it's stuff like that that, like, that's the affirmation as a comic. Like, not only do they like it, they're coming for more, mm-hmm. you know? So you got to pay attention to those little things as a comic, too, because you got to know, like, are they into it? Yeah. I mean, this is your first time performing in Atlanta, and you're at center stage where, like, Jim Brewer is there tonight. Roy Wood <sighs> Jr. shot his Comedy Central special there. Like, oh, that's where he shot it. At center did. stage. Isn't it crazy how they can change uh, Incredible. so much? Yeah. yeah. I interviewed him the next morning at 6 a.m. Oh, shut up. That's cool. It was cool for him. Like, that was another moment of, like, oh, this podcast is working. Like, he was willing, after doing two Comedy Central tapings, to get up at 6 a.m. and do a sh- like a podcast before he flew out. Like that like getting to do things like this and to meet successful people in the game, you're like, oh, like the nice people are like they're successful for a reason because like they're nice and willing to give back even yeah. no matter how big they get. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. really cool. I love I love seeing where people shoot their specials too. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, oh God, you never know. Like Rosebud Baker shot her Comedy Central at Zany's. Watch a special back. You'd never know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Zany's yeah. Nashville. You'd never know. Oh yeah. Miss Pat shot her. Yeah. Miss Pat shot hers there too. You no, know, she ha- she shot hers at a comedy club here, but you could never tell. Um Roy Scoville shot his at like in the basement of a church. Yeah. But here How th- Southern. It was like um it was relapse theater. But um, they put up curtains like you could never tell that yeah. you were in like what was once a homeless shelter. You, you know, their crazy ass story. <laughs> you yes. yes. I was supposed to film my special in three weeks from today. Uh huh. And I had this whole vision. I'm doing all my it's all my the bangers about being a teacher. And I had it all lined up that I was going to shoot in the 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 gym of the first school that ever hired me as a teacher, right? School's 120 years old. A month ago, the ceiling fell through. Oh. Collapsed. Like, oh, destroyed the building. The kids, 
don't even go to school there anymore. They had. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the kids. They're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank God it happened on a weekend. Funny, it happened one classroom over from my classroom. Oh man. So, uh, yeah, that school. They don't even know if they're gonna open it next year. So they're like, clearly, you're not shooting your special here. And Dang. I was like, oh shit. And then it picking up the pieces to try to get a venue on that specific date that's not only of quality but is what you want mm-hmm. is very hard. So that didn't happen. So now I'm filming in L.A. in March, which mm. is cool because I've kind of changed it a little bit. I'm going a theater rather than a school. Yeah. But it's kind of like it's. I was like, God damn, that would have been cool. Is that oh, the whatever. only place you could do it, though? No. It's Other n- schools? Or? It's, well, okay. Here's the thing. We then started looking at other schools, and we started looking at other schools in other states and everything like that, and I was, like, just not into it because it didn't hold the same weight. I I thought it would be cool to do some behind-the-scenes shit where I would walk around the building and be like, this was my old classroom. This is where I used to steal hot lunch. Like, you know, stuff like this yeah. is where a hawk ate our class pet rabbit true story (laughs) like that would be what i was going to do for the behind the scenes stuff and just going into a different school it's like this is a school but it's not mine it just doesn't resonate with me and if it doesn't resonate with the artist how does it resonate with the audience so i just was like yeah that's not the vision anymore so let's see what we see what we see but now i have three more months to work on it and three more months to get abs again. So, <laughs> oh snap, <laughs> abs in thirties. Okay, the dream is alive. We're trying. Whoa, I'm not gonna look like a frumpy ass looking <laughs> motherfucker in my special. Joel, I'm gay. I have to look great. Come on, babe. What do you do? What do you do? I'd I'd like to get abs. Yeah, I'm I'm frail. Well, apparently they told me that abs are made in the kitchen, which mm. for me I was gonna be. Very cake hard. is made in the kitchen as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cake is made in the kitchen. And so are things like Nashville hot chicken. Like, mm. you know, so I don't know that it's going to happen. But I work out like three times a week. I have a trainer in Seattle. Um, but then I like go on the road and just eat the local cuisine. That's and, the thing. Yeah. The road. Yeah. What do you normally eat to like stay healthy? Like what's your food? Anything. I'm a garbage disposal. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I grew up as a husky kid. Like, and it, he's, oh, really? It's still in there when I like see a, the cereal aisle. I'm like, right? husky Joel, husky Joel. <laughs> we try. We gotta keep it together, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've always been like, I was probably when I was 20. I was probably a buck 50 uh-huh. and six three. How tall are you? Six four. Six four. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. Yeah, no, that's not. I can. I have the ability to eat a lot of things and not keep it on me. But now in your thirties, that is slowly not becoming the case <laughs> yes. anymore. And yeah. eating on the road is hard. Comedy club food is shit garbage. It's all fried. It's mm. all shit garbage. So. Yeah, it is. We're, yeah. we're trying. Yeah, we're nothing makes trying. people excited to laugh like the itis. You know? Oh really... God, I know. <laughs> or like uh, some like boneless buffalo wings that are just drenched in frank's red hot it's like oh god yeah and on a friday night late night show shoot me <laughs> well well as, as we land this plane i ask everyone this and you may know what i'm about to ask because you've listened to the show but it's your worst bombing story yep the worst gig something like what is what's that low for you this is not the worst but it's a important moment in my career and I 
had a joke that was um, the premise of it was that I used to help out with special ed, special Olympics when I was a teacher. And the premise of it was that was the first time that I played sports and I was good at it. The joke is about me because I'm gay. (laughs) Right. It's good. It's good. It's good. But you still it's good. The joke works. All right. I'm I'll double down on that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm on a lineup and the guy before me goes up, has crippling cerebral palsy and is just like talking about it. And he's first of all, he's killing. And then I went up there and the whole time I'm like, are you going to say it? Are you going to say it? Are you going to say it? And I didn't. I didn't say it because I started to really realize that there is a difference. Like yeah, people are coming for comics left and right. Right. I'm First of all, I'm not trying to get that type of backlash, too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this joke could be funny but it's not ready yet because it's still a little too targeted. And one of the things that I like about my comedy is, yeah, I can get edgy, but I'm not coming for groups of people. I'm coming for people. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it doesn't matter what you are. I need you to, like, look at the joke and be like, that applies to all races, all demographics, all disability, like, all everything. It's just a, it's a people trait rather than this. And I couldn't do that joke, and I just got off stage and I tried to perfect it. And I was like, if you couldn't do the joke, don't do the joke. And I never have. And I don't think I ever will oh. unless I can craft it in a, in a better way. But um, it was a moment in my career where I was more conscious of what I was going up with rather than just being like, I have a premise. Let's try it. Of course. And I bombed because I was super in my head and didn't say that joke, which then ruined the entire direction of my set. So, uh, yeah. Didn't you do a show in like a rundown house in Detroit? Rundown house? Baby, you talking about the show, the rundown house where the green room was a homeless man's living quarters <laughs> surrounded by surrounded by piss bottles. His piss bottles. That's coming up in Detroit. Okay. That's what that is. Okay, cool. God, oh my God. And then I was I took all my shit on stage with me too. I remember that. Hilarious. I'm like, I'm not gonna let this homeless man just rifle through my bags what are we doing here god that was the moment where i was like you are a starving artist with a job but that's why i like talking bringing up those moments on here because people just see a comedian at one level of success but to get there i don't think people understand the reality of pursuing comedy as a career oh everyone has these stories you're like an adult sharing a hotel room with another adult on the room, on on the road, in some sketchy ass motel, in some city you've never been to, mm-hmm. just like super weird. I remember I did a gig where I had like a, a a string of little corporates, and I went with these guys who I'd never really had ever met. And the whole time we were there, it was just sketchy, weird ass shit after weird ass shit. And I'm just like trying to make it right. I'm just trying to make it. And then like afterwards, talking to people who saw the show, here, follow me here, find me here, come to my stuff. Yeah. It's like you do the weirdest shit sometimes. But and even then you were pushing it. Like even then you were still mindful of like promotion and being like me, like, yeah, check me out. Let's keep in touch. You weren't like just phoning it in. You were willing to still Dude, commit. Biggest mistake that comics make, I feel. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't feel like I'm an expert in this field. So I'm just telling you from my personal experience. But I think the biggest thing mistake that comics make is they don't tell people 
like what's what's next for you and where to find you comics shit on other comics sometimes who end their sets by saying follow me at but if you don't say it and they liked you how the fuck are they gonna find you baby like come on like this this is we're not going on carson anymore okay like they gotta find you online and then they gotta see what your dates are coming up so they can come back. Like tell them where to find you. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I always did. I would stand at shows and then they would say, Oh, we're gonna follow you. And I'd say, Give me your phone. I'll do I'll do it. I'll do it. Hell yeah. One, we're we're going we're gaining a follower today. You know? Yeah, exactly. Don't fuck around. Yeah, well, speaking of which, where can people follow you and keep up with you great segue you can find me uh my social media handle is mr d times three mrd t-a-m-e-s the number three that's everything instagram tiktok but you have millions of followers there. but it's the oh my god the children (laughs) the children i don't know what the tide pods did to those brain cells but like the children (laughs) the children Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of it, Mr. D times three, which I, I'm in this weird phase too. I want to just go by Joe Dombrowski, mm-hmm. but I like have used this Mr. D times three thing for so long. Long story. We'll do it next time. Um, find me there. My website's Mr. D times three.com. Go there for all my tour dates going back on the road in 2023. Um, and a, a ton left in 2022. Find me there. Would love to have you and listen to the social studies podcast if you're down. Well, beautiful. Well, before we get out of here, is there anything else you want the world to know? Uh, Thanks for having me. Of course. And I do want the world to know this is just the beginning. See you soon. Bow. Joe Dombrowski, thanks for being on Hot Breath. Yeah, man, thank you. We did it. This was so cool, Joel. Thank you. (laughs) That was so cool. There you have it, Hot Breath Verse. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the video version of this episode and our weekly live streams. And until next Monday, right here on Hot Breath. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.